Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, a positive homestand at the United Center, but not the way you wanted to see this positive homestand come to an end. A 4-2 loss to the Washington Capitals in a game where Washington scores three unanswered goals in the second period. They take a lead. They take control in the third. And even though a late push from the Hawks offensively, they come up short and fall in this game, moving to 9-17-1 on the season. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 9-30 tonight here on 720 WGN Radio as we recap this loss to Washington that concludes a four-game homestand before the Hawks embark on a new road trip up north to Canada to take on the Edmonton Oilers and then later on the Seattle Kraken. Troy Murray was on the call with John Wideman tonight, breaking down this game and Troy, uh, got a lot of things to, to ask you and, and to break down, um, but not all the time do I have the best way to phrase some of these questions, so I'm, I've brought in some reinforcement, and I, I've got someone here that might be able to uh, pick your brain a little bit better than I can. Hey, Muzz, first-time caller? Oh, no. <laughs> Cut hey, him Muzz. off. First, you who's don't... on the switchboard? Cut him off. <laughs> Cut him off. You know, Troy, Cut him off. I, the last time I did this, it, it uh, popular fanfare. Uh, fans have been clamoring for more uh, Muzz Panger conversation. So I, I'm just here to you know just try to guide us through this uh, this game tonight against the Capitals. Uh, what's that? Well, there's a lot of big words I just said there. Don't <laughs> worry, you're from Edmonton. You don't understand any of those words. Yeah, but I forgot the question. <laughs> I don't think there was one. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to guide you. In what direction? <laughs> I'm not sure, but you know how impressed you know. You, at you ice don't level, guide me t- in the right direction on the road. I, I do. I do guide you in the right direction. <laughs> I, I do with that. Um, but I, you know what? I thought I thought the Caps. What, what did it look like from up there, Troy? Because I ice level. I thought the Caps did a pretty darn good job of of uh, their neutral zone coverage and their defending and. Was it that, or did the, the Hawks just not have the, the, the kind of jump that was needed? When you looked at it, and again, the lead was important. The Blackhawks got the, the first goal of the game, but you know uh, Washington got a couple right after that and took mm-hmm. the lead. Now they're, all of a sudden they're in control of this game, and the Blackhawks you know, saw the same thing in their favor uh, the last couple games where they were in the lead. You control it, and then you just kind of uh, you defend it a little bit differently. You don't have to push it. And you look at the game last night. St. Louis had 40 shots. The Blackhawks had 24 or whatever it was. And now you look at the final here, 35-27 in favor of the Blackhawks. That's because you end up chasing the game. So a lot of it in the second half of this game, because they were in the lead, they had five guys back in the neutral zone. When they wanted to be aggressive and when they had the opportunity to be aggressive, they forechecked extremely well. They made the Blackhawks, uh, you know, defend a little bit more than they wanted to, but they never got caught in any odd man rushes. They had numbers back through the neutral zone, so you, you're bang on as far as your assessment of them taking care of the neutral zone. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were in control of the score and the Blackhawks were chasing it. Now they're trying to force a little bit too much in through that neutral zone. Not that you had a bad game at all, but I think that the Washington Capitals played a real smart road game. First period was pretty much even. You know, nothing was going on there and nobody was making mistakes. It was a pretty even period. 
but when the, the Washington Capitals able to score a couple of goals and take the lead, they really never took the uh, their, their foot off the pedal there and, and never gave Blackhawks any breathing room throughout the rest of the game. Boy, what did you th- what did you uh, what did you think when you saw that big hit by Oshi? On Vlasic, no, no chance that Vlasic even saw him coming on Troy. That was a Troy Murray hit right there. Well, right I, through I, the chest. I, I said that that was textbook, you know, first forward in there to finish the check, separate the player from the puck, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do there. And T.J. Oshie, you know, he's had a tough season, one goal. He's been banged up a little bit, dealing with some concussions issues that have been plaguing him throughout his uh, second half of his career, basically. But he knows how to play the game, and he knows what he needs to do, and he went in there, and that's probably the hardest uh, that I've seen Big Vlasic being hit, and it was a perfect hit, clean hit, separated him from the puck, and all of a sudden the, it's in the back of the net, and that's just a simple play by a smart player who's been around for a long time. Troy, how different do you think that the Hawks' offense was as this game progressed? We talked about how good the flow looked in the first period. Uh, like you mentioned, Washington just seemed like they, they took control in the second, but it, it almost looked like the Hawks were trying to force maybe a few too many things once they were down by a couple of goals and then especially down by three in the third. That's the tendency that, that happens when you're chasing the score. If you're Washington, you, you kind of wait for those opportunities and you, you get guys trying to do too much. You know, when, the, when you're in the lead, it's a simple play to chip it in, go and be aggressive on the forecheck, take care of business, be smart, have the third guy high. But when you're chasing the score, all of a sudden your defense are pinching down a little bit more. You're, you're forcing it into areas where you normally wouldn't but you're trying to catch up in the game so it's tougher in Washington I thought played a really good road game I'm, I'm not sold on the team and I, I said during the broadcast that I don't think Washington will make the playoffs but you look at some of the teams in the Eastern Conference Carolina only two games over 500 Washington now six games over so some teams got some ground to make up here in Washington I wouldn't call them a surprise because they've got some of veteran players here but uh, I look at the Eastern Conference and I don't see them as being one of the top ones but they played a smart game they've got I like this Connor McMichael I don't know a whole lot of, about him Panger but I thought he looked really good and and a 22-year-old first-round pick in 19, I, I thought he looked really good. And maybe the, the baton is being passed on a little bit to some of these younger guys who are getting bigger responsibilities. Well, you and I were in the hallways uh, before the game, Troy, at our old buddy uh, Kirk Muller uh, there. And, and, and he, he had said it, that, that that has been the line that's been really carrying them. Um, I mean, you've got two big hulking redwood trees on either wing, and McMichael can skate and make some plays. And I mean, in, in, like there was really nothing five-on-five five tonight from, from the Ovechkin line. There was not, you know, not a whole lot, I didn't think, from the Kuznetsov line. I thought the fourth line and the second line for the Washington Capitals, I, I, I think, did the damage in this game from wow. my point of view. I mean, like last night's game against the, the Blues, you know, the Reese Johnson line, they, they added that spark that you really need uh, to balance out the lines. And uh, not, not as much in tonight's game, but the Capitals, to me, Troy, uh, they got that from their fourth line. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought their second and fourth line, if that's how you want to kind of pencil them in there, were, were the better lines for them up front. I thought their defense was, was really good. <laughs> Trevor Van Riemsdyk, I've always been a fan he of him played since well, he didn't was he? here. He played really good. He's not a big guy. He's not a physical guy, but he's a smart guy. He's a smooth guy. He's a good thinker on the ice. Um, I, I thought fair of Ari. Uh, had, a, had a solid game. Joel Edmondson, if he keeps it simple at 6'5", 220, he was effective clearing out the front of the net. Uh, they they played a smart game, and, and Kemper, who had been struggling, uh, seemed like he had his, his game going here tonight. But when you talked about McMichael's line, you got Mantha, who picked up a... Uh, a did he score a goal in the game? 
Yeah, he did have the line. breakaway goal that yeah, got yeah, away yeah, from yeah. Bedard there on yeah, that break. Yeah, you know, and then, and then we can get to that in a second. But Mantha at 6-5, and then Protoss is 6-6. Six, six. I mean, that's a that's a good line. I thought they were very effective. And, you know, for Connor Bedard in that play, and I know he was covering up there, but the, you got to kind of recognize the danger in that, and you got to get body position. And, I, and when you look at a guy like Mantha, he's a pretty decent skater. Uh, but Bedard was kind of casually skating next to him, and then when the play happened at the blue line, Mantha just got his body position in front of him, and here's a guy who's 6'5", 235, and Bedard only 5'11". You're not going to win that battle, so you got to have better positioning there, and that kind of was a goal that, that made a big difference, uh, obviously, for the Washington Capitals, tying the game up there after the Blackhawks had taken the lead. You know, Troy, you'll get a kick out of this, but you mentioned Joel Edmondson, and I think he had an assist on uh, the one goal. But uh, during the warm-up, we were talking about big players in this game. He looks over at me, and, of course, I've, I've known Joel for a long time, and, and he, uh, he says, they're huge. And he's looking at Craig <laughs> and he's looking at Vlasic, and he's literally asking me, like, they're, they're, it's a big group back there. Uh, and uh, and I, he kind of looked at me like, can they... I could tell he was like, "Can they drop them? Can they <laughs> like, will they go if they, if it, if it gets going?" I said, "I don't. I, I really don't know enough about them. I don't think that's the fabric that they're that they are." But the Capitals, uh, it caught their attention how big the blue line is of of the Hawks right now. Yeah, if you look at, I mean, Phillips is six three two ten, Jones six four two fifteen, Murphy six four two ten. Zaitsev's the smallest. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's solid as a rock at, at 6'2", 200. And I think he's heavier than 200. But then you look at the Twin Towers. That's what they say the, about the, us now, too, Troy. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> That's what they say about us now, too. We're heavier than our numbers. <laughs> yeah, not, not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Darren Pang here on the Blackhawks postgame show, recapping a 4-2 loss to the Washington Capitals. Uh, Panger, since we got you here, last time we were talking, uh, it was another Arvid Sutterbloom game. And Troy mentioned, I mean, he, the Hawks' offense is not giving him much to work with. The defense is putting him in tough spots, too. But the last conversation we had about him was hockey awareness and rebound control. And it seems like that still burned him a couple of times tonight. Yeah, I, this, that's the toughest adjustment about being in this in this league. I mean... You know, he did a great job on the one-timer from Ovechkin. Yeah. Slid across, controlled his stick. The rebound went to the corner. Uh, there's, you know, there's just going to be a couple. I mean, I think being a, a longer-legged goaltender and a taller goaltender, I mean, you, you know, your first priority is to make the save. You know, and, and not a lot of guys have that gifted ability to, to smother rebounds. And, I mean, it's, it's right now, I mean, I think the Hawks are just getting that confidence and that swagger from Peter Morazic, and yeah. uh, you know maybe maybe the game gets played a little bit differently with the way that he covers up pucks around him. He's a little quicker to get to those pucks. He's a lower to the ground. His crouch is a little bit lower, and I think his hands are a lot more free when he wants to cover up pucks. So that's kind of the adjustment that that the players in front of Soderblom are having as compared to what they're doing in, in front of Morazic, in my opinion. Well, I, you know, you're the, you're the goalie expert, and I, I, you know, see it from I won 27 here. games, Troy. I'm no <laughs> expert in goaltending. No, and there were a quality 27 wins. <laughs> but uh, I, you see it up here, and, and, and there, was, there was one that I was talking about in the uh, third period where a shot came in. I think it was from Van Riemsdyk, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and it was just an, a shot with nobody in front of the net, and it wasn't a slap shot. It was just a, a shot coming in from the point. It, it hit him in the midsection, and it bounced out about two feet in front of him, and it, it, he, he ended up covering it up, but 
those are the plays that you, you, they've got to be absorbed. There, there should not be a rebound on, on that type of a play. And I, I mentioned it there. I said those are shots that he's got to make sure. And uh, I think in the third period, Tom Wilson was was complaining that you know he kind of poked at a puck that that was loose in between the pads. I think of of Soderblom, and again, yeah. it was just a play that he needs to, you know, he needs to cover that up quicker and be more aware of of pucks around the crease area. And that that happens in both fa- both ways too, because your defense are scrambling around there. They don't know where loose pucks are because they're trying to front the shot. Now they're dealing with players coming in there. It's got to be the goaltender that takes some responsibility there, in my mind, to, to yeah. cover those pucks up and alleviate some of the pressure from your defense. Yeah, they do explode off him. There's, there's, no, there's no question that, uh, I think, did you use the word absorbing? Because that's, that's probably the best way of describing it. Like, you know, Troy, you, you get some goaltenders where their hands are out in front of them. And I remember Wayne Thomas, our f- former goalie coach here, he was always like, get your hands in front of you and let pucks come in into you and you kind of absorb them as much as possible and use your hands to catch pucks. I mean, uh, last night we faced a goaltender in Jordan Bennington and his hands are in front of him and he'll catch a puck that's headed for his chest. Mrazek will catch a puck that's headed for his chest. Uh, But but that's not Arvid uh, Soderblom's, like, that's that's not his mantra. That's not the way he plays. He Mm -hmm. plays with his elbows tucked to the side in more of a blocking motion. And, And when you play that way, the bottom line is, unless you've got another four inches of cushion on your belly pad, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go out two or three feet, and that's where the, uh, the explosion begins, and that's where the chaos starts for your defenseman in front of you. Yeah, it stops the puck. It doesn't stop the play, though. Mm-hmm. It keeps it alive for, for the other team. Uh, what was the vibe like down there tonight? Because it seems like this Hawks team is a lot more energized these past couple of days and, and just playing with a little bit more bite. Yeah, it, it started getting going at the, at the end of the uh, at the end of the first period. There, uh, Connor Murphy was going for a change, and Tom Wilson was kind of going a little bit. I think it was it was slow on huh, Troy at the at the beginning of it. I mean, they played the New York Rangers. Uh, I mean, that's a big battle. They win four nothing. You know, the Hawks play the Blues. You know, that's a rivalry. And then this game started off as a little bit. Uh, it was slow, and, and you could tell there wasn't a whole lot of energy down at ice level. But in that second period, it started getting going, and uh, all it takes is for Tom Wilson to start yelling at somebody, and then and then Ovechkin as well. But Troy, you get a kick out of this. You know, in the third period, when there was like 900 players on the ice for the for the Hawks. And it yep. didn't get called. Yeah, and I, yep. I'm on, I got the telestrator beside me, and I'm going. I go, well, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And Ovechkin's yelling at, at at me. He's trying to get the linesman in here to tell him. He's trying to get the referee. And, Look at the screen. And I'm like, like it's it's over. We're in a commercial break. Like you can't go back on it and say there's too many men on the ice. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that was the most entertaining part for me of the whole game, right there. We got to yeah. get you a John Madden uh, marker, uh, yeah. football John Madden, not yeah. not hockey John Madden. Yeah. Just start counting them all. Yeah, exactly. I did. I had the I had the telestrator going <laughs> one, two, three, four. Oh well. Yeah, uh, I, 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 but I thought I thought the first period, um, and I agree with you. It was it was a feeling out process more than anything else. And I think for Washington playing last night, flying in, getting a little bit later, they wanted to be a little bit more conservative. I think the Blackhawks. I could have pushed the pace a little bit more in that first period, but Agreed. give Washington credit because they, they kind of just slowed things down and it was a smart road game played by them. And I, you know, when you look at this game, they, they just found a way to win this hockey game. They were smart about what they needed to do a little bit on discipline at the end of the game, but it was a four to one score at that point. So maybe you're not too worried about it, but at the same time, I, I thought that they did a nice job. And even in the first period, you, you, what shots on goal were nine apiece, no scores. Uh, in that first period, you know, if you're Washington, you take that because now you take a little bit of energy out of the United Center. And after they took the lead, it was quiet in this building. So it didn't really give the Blackhawks an opportunity to build off anything with the emotion in this building. It was rocking as soon as Khrushchev scored. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, after that, it was kind of a, a tough one to get energized. All right, Darren Peng, any more questions for our wise Mr. Murray or, or Troy? Any more questions for our, our special visitor tonight? Are you coming to Edmonton? <laughs> you're <laughs> oh, not, you're are you? Go, you're going to go see your pal up there in Edmonton anyway. I'm going to uh, meet you guys in Seattle, Troy. Uh, well, that, that's nice of you to show up every now and then. Well, the actually, the, the Tuesday game is an ESPN Plus game. That's right. Um, we're not doing that game. So uh, I think Ray Ferraro and John Butchergrass are going to be doing that game. And, uh, and then um, I'll be doing a TNT game in, in Colorado uh, where you won a Stanley Cup. And then I'll uh, meet you guys in Seattle. Yeah, and I, I see. I, I just and I'll be sleepless to... in Seattle. Oh no, that's a, oh yeah, Seattle. that was no, that was bad. See, this is uh, Joe. This is what's killing me on the road. <laughs> yeah, this this, <laughs> well, this right that right there is just <laughs> he the, doesn't the, even he doesn't even know the rule that we do Bill Murray references around here, not Tom Hanks. So he's got a lot to learn, Troy. I don't know what he's thinking. Kind of thinking Meg Ryan in her prime is what I was thinking. Uh, to be quite honest, Meg Ryan now or nineteen seventy four seventy eighty seven. Well, uh, Troy, I'll let you go, okay, Troy? I, I, well, I really that, enjoy that, being that's, a part of the program here. He's, he's actually got like 40 more questions on a, on a piece of paper, but I'll, I'll just give it to you tomorrow, Troy, and then you can take it to Edmonton and, I, I, and write I just, it back. I, I just want to say this, um, that I, I, I saw it, and, and Tony Granado just posted something. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you guys saw this or, yes. or talked about it on the, uh, the hockey side of things, but uh, Tony Granado was going to step away from – uh, his position with the uh, the Blackhawks for a while, um, as he starts to battle uh, his round uh, with cancer. So we're, we're thinking about it. I had an opportunity to talk to T- Tony earlier today. Um, wanted to pick me brain on a few things there, but we're certainly going to keep Tony in our thoughts as he moves forward with his chemo and radiation program that uh, he's going to start tomorrow. We wish him the best, and we'll send all our prayers out in his direction as often as we can. You got it. He's one of the most positive guys in the world, Troy, as you are. And and uh, I talked to him yesterday, and, and uh, um, I know he's, he's, he's got this one here. And uh, obviously uh, he's a special guy, and uh, he'll be back. So... Yeah, that, uh, we were talking about, about that today. He's yeah. a he's a fighter. That's the way he played his whole career. Absolutely. And, uh, he's going to be uh, coming out on top of this one. Yeah, it's non-Hodgkin, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. So, and, uh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, well, and if he talked to you, Troy, he's learning from the best. So, like yeah. you said, our, our sentiments are the same about Tony Granato. I, I, clearly, you two know him way more than I do, but even just getting to know him for a couple of weeks. Unbelievable. You immediately understand what kind of person he is. Unbelievable. So, yeah, no art. Such great energy and just such a good person. And, uh, yep. Yeah, he's got it. He's, he's got it. He'll he does. an elbow or two, won't he? Yeah. He'll slash it. I mean, he slashed all the time. He gave the elbows. He was sneaky, that guy. Sneaky no, he was, tough, huh? He was sneaky miserable. Tough. He was a miserable guy to play against. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better way to describe it. It's, 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 he just was miserable. It's, it's a great compliment. It, it is. Yeah. All it's right, you two. the way you want to play the game. He played it the right way. Absolutely. Exactly right. All right, you two. Well, thank you very much for the insight, Darren Pang. Thanks for popping by. See you, gang. Mr. Troy Murray, thank you very much as always. My pal Joe, we'll talk to you uh, Tuesday. All right, sounds good, pal. That is Troy Murray. That what? We Will got... I see you down here in a second, Troy, or are you going to head out? Uh, Troy might have taken off the headset. <laughs> no, I, 
I'll, I'll, I'll work my way down there. <laughs> I'll wait for you then. All right, you guys can text each other. We've got to get to a break. That's Darren Pang, Troy Murray, and uh, I'm Joe Brand. We've got this post-game show rolling until 930. Hawks fall to the Washington Capitals. 4-2 from the United Center. More coming up. For Phillips in the right-wing corner now. He moves it right point. Seth Jones flings it left point. There to get it, Bedard. He'll walk it back through the high slot. Give the puck over to Jones, right corner. Jams it in front. Kershev shoots, he scores! Philip Kershev wedged his way to the top of the crease and would not be denied. Redirecting that Seth Jones pass from out of the right wing corner and into the back of the capital net, and it's 1-0 Hawks. That's also a nice little trend we've been seeing. The Blackhawks doing a good job of finding themselves in the right spot, right in front of the net and getting good feeds from their defensemen. Last night it was Jason Dickinson getting it from Nikita Zaitsev. Tonight it's Philip Kurashev getting a feed from Seth Jones. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 9.30 tonight here on 720 WGN Radio. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. 312-981-7200 after a 4-2 loss to the Washington Capitals here at the United Center. Uh, that call by John Weideman on Philip Kurashev's goal, his sixth of the year, ties him now for third on the Blackhawks offense with Tyler Johnson. Uh, he's also our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. Hawks fall in this one after scoring first on that goal from Kurashev, then three unanswered by the Washington Capitals. They picked up a goal too little too late in the third period, but... If you haven't seen it, you got to look at the highlight. It's a backhanded feed from Connor Bedard, almost cross-ice. He somehow threads the needle, flipping it over a Washington Capitol stick and finding right to the tape of Connor Murphy's stick. That's the kind of pass that we've been seeing Bedard try to, to perfect a lot this year. And it's a very difficult thing to pull off, let alone for an 18-year-old in the NHL his first go-around. But you can tell he has confidence with that pass. And with a lot of passes just like that, where he's, he's trying to make uh, a scoring opportunity out of nothing. And I mean that in a positive way, where there's a jumbling puck, uh, he settles it down, and he's just going with a backhanded feed or a no-look pass to somebody where he knows where his teammates are, trying to catch everybody off guard. And it's, it's definitely getting interrupted a little bit more than probably in the WHL. Uh, it's definitely not just coming off as seamless as the success he had in the WHL, but that's the difference here. It's it's the NHL. So for him to succeed on a pass like that is hopefully just going to continue to to see those types of uh, passes get finished off because it's it's not an easy thing to do. But um, it's uh, it's something that Connor Bedard feels confident enough in, and uh, hopefully it will lead to more goals. I, I think Troy's right with his assessment of giving Washington credit for coming into this game and and doing one. Uh, excuse me, and uh, doing a nice uh, job on the road for um, uh, continuing their undefeated stretch in second half of back to back wins. They're now four and zero. They're undefeated on the second half of back to back wins as uh, the Hawks unfortunately can't make it a homestand in which they pick up a point in every single game. This is the first true loss, a regulation loss, I, I should say, on this homestand. But it is still a productive homestand because the Hawks 
have been trending in the right direction in certain aspects and have been able to put together uh, more structured offense and uh, more quality chances than in the past. And again, that first period, even if it was a little bit slow, even if it was a little bit sluggish with two teams on the second half of the back-to-back, there was still structure to it, and there was still some type of intensity that matched the opponent. And uh, I think you've got to give credit to the Hawks for that because so many games this year, we haven't been able to give them that benefit of the doubt. Um, our buddy Devin from Payless Hills is calling in asking about the draft. Devin, I, I appreciate the call. Uh, I'm just going to leave it with that because I haven't really broken down the draft too much right now. We're, we're 26 games into this season. Um, I, I understand you're looking forward to the the future of this Hawks team. Um, I I just think it's a little bit too early to do some draft speculation right now, so far away from the end of the regular season, and uh, with no idea whatsoever where the Hawks will be in the draft selection. Um, But I I understand where you're going with this, but I I don't think this loss is a defining loss in terms of making or breaking a season. I, I think this is a loss that's a little bit easier to swallow. Yes, because it's followed up by two straight wins and three straight games with a point, but the foundation of this game was definitely better than some of the losses that we've seen earlier on this year where we've really had nothing to pull positively from this Hawks team. Tonight there was definitely much more of that. Uh, Taking a look at the text line, and again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or text. Uh, from the 219 area code, this is Adam from Romeoville. It seemed once the Hawks went down 2-1, to one, they played desperate the whole game. They missed chances and seemed to be chasing the puck. Their power play needs to pick it up, too. The power play definitely needs to improve. A uh, couple of good glimpses today, uh, but still just missing out on, on some real fine quality chances. I, it, it's funny because I felt like today there were a few circumstances where they were still a little bit too cute with trying to pass and find the perfect pass, but it wasn't as extreme as we've seen in the past. It's, it is an improvement. It is a more sound decision of where they were moving the puck around. I think Seth Jones is getting way more comfortable on the power play, and that, he's, that isn't even making a point that he wasn't comfortable before, but he just continues to shoot the puck with a lot of authority and just starts is starting to seem like much more of a threat to shoot the puck on the power play. And I think that can be big for this Blackhawks special teams because it just creates another thing for the opposing team's PK to worry about if Seth Jones is going to start shooting the puck more in those situations. And uh, yeah, Jones with five shots on goal tonight. Connor Bedard led the game with six, and I think things were really turning up in that third period as he was really trying to help manufacture a goal. We do have some sound from the Blackhawks dressing room, and we're going to go to one of the players. Uh, Let's go to Connor Murphy, who scored his first goal of the season. It was in that third period, and again, a beauty of a pass coming from Connor Bedard. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend checking it out. But let's go to Connor Murphy and hear what he had to say after this 4-2 loss to Washington. That was rushes against that we weren't sharp on, and uh, it seemed like we lost a little bit of our uh, I don't know, emotion. I don't know if we had that much going into it, but uh, they seemed to pick it up a little bit. You could tell the first shift to the second. They got physical on us a little bit, and we didn't uh, seem to give uh, the same response. That's it. No. Uh, what did you think of that Connor's pass on your goal? Yeah, it was really nice. I knew I was open, but I didn't think there was any way he could he on his backhand get across. It was a really, really nice pass. 
Has it been frustrating when you you know you get the two game win streak? It feels like you're getting something going and then kind of take a step back again. I think especially at home it does. Yeah, in a weekend Sunday game we had a good crowd that was even trying to energize us there at the end of the game still. Um, so it is frustrating um, not piecing as many together at home. We did have the last couple um, and felt like we had some things going in the right way. And yeah, it's been the nature of our team so far this year is not um, putting enough together for a long enough stretch of time. Um, but that being said, it's not like we were terrible tonight. It's just things that um, the outcome of the game wasn't that wasn't there, and we didn't uh, didn't stay with long enough of the things we needed to do to play well. How, how does that change things for you when you're on the ice in the offensive zone with a guy like Connor who can put the puck a lot of different places and from places you probably wouldn't expect? How much does that change things, even for a defenseman like you? Yeah, as a teammate, it gives you confidence to jump into holes and lanes, knowing the guy's gonna either, either find you or or make the right play. Um, I feel like if it's someone like me up there skating around with it, I, would, I think my teammates wouldn't trust as much for me to find so they probably are playing safe. So uh, when it's guys like of that caliber, um, you know that, that uh, if you make a read to get open, that they're going to find you. Connor Murphy tonight with his first goal of the season, his fourth point on the year. Again, a great feed from Connor Bedard, but unfortunately not enough as the Hawks fall to Washington 4-2. to two. Arvid Sutterbloom suffers the loss tonight, but he did have some big saves. Let's hear one of them. Kuznetsov wheeling out through center ice and over the Hawk line on the right wing. Bats it off the boards to himself in the corner. Turns around, fed the right point, Sandine. Over to Ovechkin, look out. There's the one-timer from the top of the left circle, and Sutterbloom was wise to it. He flew across the crease and got a stick on that, deflecting it up into the protective netting. That's tonight's Save of the Game, sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. I know I'm hearing some people chirping about Arvid Soderblom's game and being frustrated that he's still here with the Blackhawks roster. I want to get in on that, but we got to get to a break. We're also going to hear from Nick Foligno. Uh, more to get to on this Blackhawks postgame show and your calls and texts, 312-981-7200. Blackhawks postgame show after a 4-2 loss to Washington on 720 WGN. Gershev back to pick it up with the Hawk line, skates the puck into the capital zone. Drops it to Connor Bedard, left wing circle. Bedard fed it across, right circle, Murphy shoots and scores! Murphy's first goal on the season makes it 4-2 in favor of the Caps with 1.42 left in the third. And there's a little bit of time left on that clock and this is the game of hockey so anything can happen. Yeah, that thought, that that belief really wasn't too far-fetched. And the Hawks were still down by a pair of goals, but you kind of saw the drive in Connor Bedard's eyes trying to make something happen offensively. Unfortunately, he fell short. The Hawks fell short. 4-2, they fall to the Washington Capitals tonight from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. 312-981-7200 if you've got any thoughts. Uh, I've got to address the Arvid Sutterbloom situation because I was uh, uh, getting tweets on Twitter about it, and uh, I know we've talked about this a lot, and I know a lot of you want to see more of Peter Mrazek and less of Arvid Sutterbloom because of the numbers, and clearly Peter Mrazek has been the better goaltender. I'm not disputing that, Uh, but the tweets I was getting was uh, directed solely at my counterpoint in the past that Arvid Sutterbloom is on contract through next year and the Hawks still are trying to see what they have in this guy and have the, honestly, luxury to kind of put him out there on a consistent basis this year to see how he can do on consistent NHL playing experience. Um, 
some of you think that it's time for Soderblom to go down to Rockford and, and work on some of the issues that he's dealing with, like rebound control, and uh, as Darren Pang mentioned, just some hockey awareness. I'm not disputing that there's an issue with the rebound control. There was a goal tonight on the Nick Dowd goal, the first Nick Dowd goal, that was a direct result of of poor rebound management. I just quickly want to bring up the numbers to you for the goaltenders down in Rockford right now. Jackson Stauber, who I know came up to the NHL last year, had a great showing in six games, a 281 uh, goals against average, a 911 save percentage with the Blackhawks last year in the NHL. That was kind of a emergency situation. Now, give credit to Stauber. He took advantage of his situation. He he hit it full on. But his AHL numbers weren't as good as his NHL numbers. And his AHL numbers this year aren't even as good as Arvid Sutterbloom's numbers this year. So what if you call up Jackson Stauber and you bring down Arvid Sutterbloom? Is your argument going to remain the same? And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just pointing out why Arvid Sutterbloom is probably still here. Of course, there's Drew Camesso, who the Hawks hold in very high regard in their goaltending depth. He's 21 years old. He's played 11 professional hockey games, though, after a three-year stint with Boston University. I think they want to give him some time to develop down there in Rockford, which, by the way, is goals against average just below three at 299, his save percentage at 896. Nick Foligno also chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number 17. Yeah, I think they just picked up their intensity. You know, you can see it. They just got more physical, and um, we didn't match that. You know, it's disappointing. When teams push back, we have to know that and just push back harder. And it just didn't seem like we had that. Another, we talk about that, right, the little blip, and they scored, was it, two or three goals in that little short of time, right? It, it, those would kill you. It can't happen. you got to find a way to stop the bleeding right away. You get one against you, okay, you know, but then it's boom, boom, and it's back in the net. So we got to find a way to get the momentum back when we don't have it and, we just didn't do enough in that game to, to do that. I mean, there's there's some good offensive zone shifts, and but we weren't really on the inside enough. We weren't really around for that second, third opportunity, and, um, you know, it's too little too late. Now, what were they doing that was kind of disrupting you guys? It seemed like they were winning board battles and yeah, they just, blocking lanes. More engaged physically, right? They're, in the first period, it was kind of evenly matched, and we were, I, I'd say we kind of took it to them a lot of that period in the offensive zone. and. Uh, but then they, they came out and, and you know got down to business, and we just didn't match that. And that's the difference in the game, right? We we score, and we kind of sit back, and now they're making a push, and they get the momentum back, and now they're rolling, right? It's 3-1, and they get that one late. And, um, you know, it's disappointing because those are the ones we got to get out of our game. We have to find a way to... To, the, the team gets one; they can't get two or three after that, right? They got to we got to snip that in the bud and just understand what gave us success in that game. And um, you know, it's 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 one you feel like you let slip away. Can you take some positives out of this home stand if you take a step back and two one and one? Yeah, I mean, we need points. Uh, we need we need wins. Um, you know, I I will say I, I I thought we had more of our sustained game in this home stand, so that was good to see. Um, you know, our identity came out a lot more, and so that was. That's a step in the right direction. But again, you know, you, you want to get greedy on these ones and get this win too and, and then really feel good about yourself going on the road. And um, But it's good for us. It's a, you know, it's a step in the right direction. It's still a long ways to go. Um, but, you know, we can rally around the fact that uh, our game is starting to come and, and we're seeing it more and more, and uh, especially on the road now. And two tough buildings, we're going to have to make sure it's, it's there more than ever. Is it tough um, when you think about what Soderbaum has gone through? He can't get more support than this. Yeah, it stinks. I mean, he's he's made some really great saves for us. He's, you know, there's games where we've wasted away on him, and 
um, you know, we want to give him more more run support. Obviously, um, you know, he's he's competing and and doing his best, and it, it's it stinks not to be able to get him more success. And um, we're going to try and have to, you know, we're going to have to dig in a little harder, obviously, for him and and find a way when he's in the net to to make good on it. I appreciate Nick Foligno's baseball term of run support there. Uh, we've got some sound from Luke Richardson I want to squeeze in, so we'll get to another break. Hawks fall to the Washington Capitals 4-2. to two. Last few moments to take your calls or text 312-981-7200. Blackhawks postgame show 720 WGN. He had a lane to the net, but he was looking back door just a little bit for a redirection from Kane. He was tied up nicely in front of the net and couldn't get a handle on it. Derek Ryan back to Brett Kulak. Now Gagne in front. Ryan scores! Over the left pad of Schmid. And Edmonton takes a 1-0 lead on Ryan's third. Jack Michaels of Sportsnet as Edmonton extends their winning streak to seven games, a 4-2 victory over the New Jersey Devils. That will be the Hawks' next opponent as Edmonton hosts the Blackhawks on Tuesday up in Canada. And that was our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to Washington 4-2 to tonight from the United Center. Luke Richardson chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks head coach. Yeah, well, we, actually, even the first was not really great for us, but it wasn't for them either. I thought it was two tired teams playing. And, uh, you know, we, we got that first goal, and then I think uh, we just got off a little bit of the game plan where we re- really weren't on it in the first period, but they, I think they found it and just too many line rushes against uh, that are outnumbered. And I thought we did some good things in the Ozone, but um, we just gave them uh, a little bit of opportunity to find some legs and life there. And fortunately, uh, they got a couple bounces and, and got that, and then we were chasing it the rest of the way. Is the man for goal? Is that, is that preventable? Yeah, I think uh, originally we had some good ozone time, and then when you're tired, I think Vlasi took a step in and then got caught, and then Connor was there and obviously uh, uh, tired probably, and and uh, he just got a bigger guy, just got his arm in front of him and kind of got ahead of him where it can happen, you know what I mean? Like Vlasi probably shouldn't go in, and then if you're the high forward, you can't get beat down the ice either. What can Connor learn from him? That goal? Uh, I think you have to learn shift length in this league, and, and I think sometimes it's too long. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's going to be a learning curve. You know, he's used to being able to handle that. But when you got Mantha is a big man, and, and if he gets uh, a sneaky long stride, and if he gets a half step ahead of you, you're either taking a, a penalty on him nowadays, or it's a scoring chance. So it ended up being a scoring chance. Sounds like also Seth Jones went into the x ray room after this game. There was a, a moment at some point where Jones got hit in the hand and was definitely dealing with some pain, but Richardson explaining he's fine, just a little bit sore, and he will travel to Edmonton. Again, the Hawks beginning a road trip on Tuesday. They visit Edmonton and then visit the Seattle Kraken. First road game against the Kraken. That'll be on Thursday over at Climate Pledge Arena. Very cool venue out there. And then the Hawks are right back home uh, the following week. Three games before one road game before the Christmas holiday. But again, this stretch of a game every other day just pretty much continues for this Hawks team. Took advantage of it for the most part on this homestand. They end up finishing it 2-1-1, suffering their only loss in regulation tonight. But still, a lot more trending in the right direction for this team. A lot more positives to pull from, and uh, definitely a lot more effort given from multiple guys. It's no longer uh, just the Dickinson line, or it's no longer just Connor Bedard as of right now. It's a lot more guys pitching in, a lot more guys playing the same type of 
uh, quality hockey. And I will say, I feel like the Hawks' defense is looking a lot different now with the big guys in Crevier and Vlasic being paired on the same line. Isaac Phillips now out there. As Darren Pang and Troy Murray were talking about, Nikita Zaitsev's the smallest defenseman out there. Like He and Connor Murphy are the two small guys out there defensively for the Hawks. That's a kind of a world of a difference compared to what they were dealing with before. Obviously, the Hawks are hoping to get Kevin Korczynski back soon. He's still on non-roster dealing with some family issues. Uh, but since then, you know, Wyatt Kaiser was also, also put back down to Rockford. So the Hawks are able to deal with a little bit more size, a little bit more strength defensively, and hopefully that can get things going for them uh, throughout this hard stretch of the season as the Hawks are going to play a couple of tough games. Edmonton is riding high right now. Again, a seven-game winning streak that the Hawks will try to snap on Tuesday. And then they'll take on the Seattle Kraken, who are skidding a little bit. Hawks picked up a win against the Kraken on this homestand, but Hawks are still not in position to just take any opponents lightly, so it'll be fun to check out those two games upcoming for the Hawks on the road. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitgo. When you start with Sitgo, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Sammy Martino, and Patrick Hennessy, the captain, was our tireless Krista Flores. Here at the United Center, a reporter was Jack Heinrich. Nick Hepner filling in for the Hall of Famer Paul Zerang after the Bears picked up a win. John Wideman and Troy Murray had the call. And our buddy Darren Pang stopping by in the postgame show as well. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand signing off. Again, the final score 4-2 Washington tonight from the United Center.